This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, Richard Corrigan is a name most people will know. He's one of the great Irishmen. He is a chef and he has won Michelin stars. He has had some of the best restaurants in Britain. Bentley's is a renowned restaurant that he bought refurbished. He won a Michelin star in London. He had a restaurant called Corrigan's in Mayfair. He has won a number of awards. He was the winner of the Great British Menu three times. And he also has a wonderful farm and premises in the north, in, I think it's a cabin. And he is an ebullient and delightful man. And he's opening a restaurant in Dublin. It's called the Park Cafe in late October. And that will surely be a destination many people will want to head to. And it's a pleasure to welcome him now from London. Richard, you're very welcome to The Stand. It's a great pleasure to have you, particularly at this time. As a restaurateur, you would have been through the COVID experience. And now we're seeing food inflation and the knock-on effects of the war in Ukraine. You've always been an optimist. Tell me about the world in London as you look at it now after the COVID thing and with the cost of living crisis now in England hitting people of all classes except the really, really well off. Good morning and good afternoon, Eamon. I've been such a great to have you on, on your show. And, uh, well, first of all, you know, I just came back in from London last night. Uh, I've been in Ireland for the last three weeks, I'll be honest with you. We've been setting up the Park Cafe, which will open at the end of October. And we were putting some pigs on our operation in Cavan. And Cavan, you know, Virginia County Cavan, the yes. last the last village, the last town in Ulster, you could say it if you're traveling down from the north, you know? Yes. Uh, so, you know, a lovely place. I've been at it nine years. It's a kind of a doer offer. Adrian Dunbar summed it up. He said, you're building it to give it back to the citizens of this great republic. <laughs> and I think it, sum, it sums it up, you know what I mean? Because 
it is a bit of a folly planting trees and hedges and gardens and everything else. But thank God, it's a great way to spend your money. I love it. Something else for another generation. You'll never live under it. Yes. But my God, to see it, to see it flourish in the time over nine years, in gate lodges, piers, gates, boathouses, everything. I'm not like a big old project to keep you out of late bars and getting into trouble. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's been therapy, frankly, Gavin. Well, as somebody who travels between Ireland and uh, Britain, and you have roots in both places, I want to ask you about Brexit, which is something I know you've been very vocal about since the Brexit debate began, which was, I suppose, the uh, referendum in 2016 in the UK was the the, the real uh, beginning of this terrible split between the UK and Europe. It seems to have been a disaster for the British, but they won't admit it. Is that is that no, no, no? The, the British will the British would never admit. I mean, kind of you know that it's that got it completely messed this up. I mean, what what has been terribly disappointing on my side? I'll be honest with you. I've always been classed myself as a bit of a British lefty. You know what I mean? Irish, yeah. Irish, Irish nationalist background thing. But you know, thirty five years in the UK, I'm very. I'm very fond of people like Tony Benn. I'm very fond. I've read everything about him. I'm very fond of the fairness associated with the left. You know what I mean? Yes. And the right had it a little bit in the 1950s as well, the conservatives, you know. But they seem to have lost, lost that lovely, lovely, you know, compassion. I call it compassion, you know, the left as well. I mean, everyone got lost in madness. It was like, you know, everyone in Ireland wrapping themselves in their tricolor and jumping into yes. the liffy. It was an embarrassing to spectacle for anyone but half a brain. And to see the hard left and the hard right come together as bedfellows, sickening, yes, absolutely yes. fucking sickening. Yeah. And to, I mean, it, the, the real story of Brexit can't be told right now. It will be told in a decade. And right now, the British working class are suffering. They're suffering for not just a Brexit, for rising inflation. And I'm talking about the people that come to, to work with me in my kitchens and my restaurants. People are finding it tough, Eamon. It's, it's, it's not a nice time to be earning no. at something called a minimum la- wage or a living wage. And frankly, governments need to wake up. You know, people need to be paid a minimum of 15 sterling an hour and probably 16 or 17 euros an hour in Ireland just to, just to live, just to have breakfast on your table and a roof and maybe a rented room over your head. The day of cheap labour, there's no labour. No. There's no one out there, you know what I mean? Brexit has cleared the decks of all Europeans coming in. And maybe the hard left likes it because they see, they see wages rising. But frankly, there's a lot of stress out there right now. Uh, and London London is resilient. London will climb and, and move. Yes. Uh, it will always move on. Another six, five, six years, it will always move on. But, you know, the rest of the country... Excuse me for that beep on my phone. The rest of the country is going to really find it hard. You know, you go up the A5 from London, then you'll see Shrewsbury. You go up the A5 through Wales, the valleys, and head on the outside of Betsy Coot and the other. Those are the people who are really going to struggle. Go up the east coast of England, you know, Lincolnshire. By the way, I done, I done something in a school in Lincolnshire not so long ago. There were three people suffering from malnutrition in the children's classroom. So don't, don't, don't tell me about, about poverty. I mean, Ireland, believe it or not, hasn't seen anything like what's happening in the UK. And, you know, as we were re- economic refugees, possibly in the 1980s, yes. I can see a large proportion of the working class in Britain being economic refugees to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and Ireland again, and the Republic of Ireland. 
they will go there for they will go there for work. They will go there for a fair day's pay, and 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 a standard of living, something you can live on. When you're asking old people to turn off the goddamn heat yeah. and your lights and conserve the energy. And these are the people who are absolutely more than millionaires. They're billionaires. They're zillionaires. They're, yes. They are they call the establishment and they have not one jot of compassion for the people living in this country underneath them. Now, I was in I lived in Britain for 17 years, Richard, playing football. And there was always, an, I felt, an innate decency about many British people. And 100%. I, I, I was pro-British. I found myself looking at the Boris Johnsons and the Jacob Rees-Mogg's and the Liz Trusses and the Pretty Patels and wanting to send people to Rwanda. And I've just thought, and many people in Ireland, I think, have thought as well, who would have a favorable view or would have had a favorable view of, of the British overall, that something has changed for the worse in the Tory party in particular that they that hard right uh, that old snobbery old etonians i suppose johnson is the classic example of it believes in nothing cares about nothing never tells the truth the, something has changed in britain richard in the last 10 years is that true it's the power hungry for power hungry for staying in power do yeah. anything to stay in power they will abandon the conservative middle have been have been absolutely wiped out for yes. this kind of conservative hard right. Yes. And basically what has frightened them was the term UKIP. UKIP. Yes. They UKIP thought they would be taken over. Yeah. Absolutely was going to be the new the new kind of center or hard right party. And they were terrified of basically they're taking the mantle from them. And basically there was always a part of conservatism right Possibly, I, I, you know, I want to be careful, you know, because there isn't an incredible decency with so many British people. And I've learned so much yes. from them and I borrowed money from them. They allowed my business to grow. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I, an old Herobian was a, a founder shareholder in Lindsay House, uh, Richard Goodhue, was an amazing guy to this day. But my God, we would fall out over politics, that's for sure. You know what I mean? And because, I don't know, it's a privilege, it's a class, you know what I mean? I was born in a thatched cottage uh, on the side of a bog. So, you know what I mean? I mean, I've, I've different expectations from money and success, you know what I mean? To me, is going to have a pint with me locals out in Virginia yes. or down in Arkerstown, down the hook. I'd rather that be sitting in the Groucho Club or some private members club owned by Richard Caring, you know what I mean? Really, I've no interest. I've, I've no interest in joining the least. Uh, success where all successful people want to go at the end of the day. They want to join this club of other elite people. Take it from me, they're they're very boring, you know what I mean? And you soon run out. They have nothing to say for themselves and they have no opinions. Wouldn't you rather be in an Irish pub where everyone tells you you're a gobshite? <laughs> Much better. Now, let me ask you about something you mentioned in passing there. The fact that a lot of British hospitality ventures cannot get staff and it's particularly true of restaurants. I saw restaurants, some of them are going to have to close down because they can't, they can't get staff. This is a direct result of Brexit, is it? That's, that's, yeah, 100%. Brexit, Brexit, Brexit has destroyed 
that hotel. See, hospitality and, and, and restaurants and hotels are a profession in Europe. You know what I mean? It's where people enter yes. and do very well and arise from the lowest to the very highest. And it is, you know, it has happened, it's happened as all. I mean, I started washing vegetables and pots, Eamon, you know what I mean? Yes. So we've all come up through the, the, the absolute rungs of every, every part of the restaurant and hospitality business. I mean, you're talking the Ritz Hotel relying on staff, staff agencies, charges. You're talking all the smart hotels in London are probably 50% of their room divisions are now agency staff because they can't find full-time workers right. to clean their rooms. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a problem. It's a crisis. Let me it's, a, it's a it's a by the way it's a crisis and you know what they kicked out the Europeans and then they're forty I think there has been a million visas granted so they said anyway to NHS and other workers I think forty seven percent of them I think are come from uh, Asia I think maybe even India so you know I don't know what the racist Brexiteers voted for you know what I mean but yeah. I think you know what having your cake well let them enjoy their cake you know what I mean really because it's pretty tough out there. Yeah, I mean, just one idea. I want to go back to uh, talk to you about food and catering. Uh, just one idea that raised its, I thought, ugly head. The idea that people seeking asylum would be sent to Rwanda as, as a kind of punishment was really bizarre. It's a pretty Patel idea. Very interesting. Uh, a child of uh, uh, probably refugees she from, was, uh, uh, from Africa. Yeah. Is uh, sending people back to Africa, and you know what? I, I mean, it's a good lesson for us all. Be careful what we do with our children, yeah. because we might they might end up horrible little bastards. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So the fact of the matter, you know what I mean? She she's proven to be one thing. I mean, she's a smirk on her that really she does, yeah. Off, yeah. Full stop. That yeah. that gets me anyway. That that smirk, and 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 you know what? It's privilege. It's a smirk of privilege. It's a smirk of. You know, looking down your nose at the, the people who are not so well off. There is no compassion. There is nothing. There's nothing there. And you know what? You know, when you see her background hanging out with Israel and hanging out with the right wing, yes, I mean, yeah. it sums her up. She is a piece of work. She is. That's what you say. <laughs> She's a piece of work. Now, let me, let me ask you about the energy crisis and how that impacts restaurants and indeed the hospitality sector in general, but restaurants in particular would be suffering, Richard, uh, from this energy inflation, would it? Yeah, I mean, our our, our bill in Bentley, St. Piccadilly, has gone from, I'll, I'll tell you where it's gone from, it's gone from around 70,000 to over 230. That's without the next rise coming on top. So it probably bottom out at around 260, 270. That's, that's your, your, and then your rent and your rates on top. Yes. It means it means washing your face, as we say in business, breaking even and staying yes. alive for better times. And you know, I'm very I'm very lucky that I have a great kind of team around me, and and the team makes some great decisions. You know what I mean? And and yes. we decided to hedge our fuel just a couple of months ago, not because we said, oh God, will it go up again? Will it? Will it? Will it? Will it? Anyway, we hedged this our, our our bills anyway in London. And you know something? I never thought we'd. I was. I count my stars. So lucky. So lucky we've done it. Oh, no, because we were human and home. Yeah, yeah. We thought it was going to come down. We honestly, we thought it was going to go down, and it is <laughs> going to go up by another third. It is. I yeah. mean, thank my lucky stars. Absolutely, thank my lucky stars. But what has happened is the people in the small businesses, the small bars, the small restaurants, the small cafes. They're not in that position to hedge anything because they're just paying monthly or uh, twice monthly and uh, or every two months their bills and just getting by. Those are the people that 
tiniest margins that they make a small salary from yes. out of their business to pay their mortgage, to build their children, put food on the table. I really, my heart goes out. My yeah. heart goes out to those kind of businesses that are really, really finding it hard. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, Richard, you talk about the British upper class and one restaurant that you took over in, in 2005, actually, Bentley's, is a legendary spot for the ruling class, a wonderful seafood restaurant, I, I, I think, uh, essentially, yeah. uh, just, just off Piccadilly. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful spot. Tell me about the history of Bentley's and why you wanted to own it. Bentley's, Bentley's was founded in 1916 uh, by the Bentley family from uh, Colchester, who were oyster farmers. And the Great War affected their business so much that they took over the stables of uh, Piccadilly House, which is now the Meridian Hotel, or is, I think it's called the Dilly now. Uh, the stables on Swallow Street were taken over, and they just put up wooden bars and started serving oysters and, and uh, uh, beer. Oysters, beer, and a glass of wine. Very simple, very, very simple, simple affair. And over the next 50, 60 years, it became quite a little place in the 60s and 70s. It was quite famous. Bentley's family left in 77. Uh, and I got involved in 91 as head chef. I didn't own it at the time. I was brought in by right. the owners to kind of turn it around, which I did, and went on to do other things. And then it came back up for sale around 18 years ago. And I, I knew it. I kind of had a, had a, you know, it was a difficult site. Don't get me wrong. There was no easy, easy, easy pizza in this place. You know, no, no. you work for your living to pay your bills in, in Bentley's. 
But look, by the way, look, look shining on your back throughout your life is the greatest, greatest thing in the world. I bought Bentley's. I done it up and I thought I prayed to God it was going to work. And the day I was going to open to start digging up the street and I said to the guy, what are you doing? He said, oh, this is all going to be pedestrianized. And I went, oh, Jesus, thanks be to God. I, I bought the tables and chairs and I had them out as they were laying the last block. I was putting my tables and chairs out. And, and that, that, kind of, you know, you know, before dawn kind of attitude has, has served me well. And, you know, it is it is a place where lots of lords and ladies go as well, you know what I mean? And there's some wonderful people there, by the way. Yeah, I no, mean, absolutely. I mention, and I talk, I talk to them about Ireland the whole time. The desk editor of the Telegraph, I think I gave him a bollock when they were bombing Libya. Yeah. I ran down the ice bar screaming at him, I'll be honest with you, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and, you know, all, all the, you know, honestly, I think... Listen, there's great people. There's great people. The great sounding board. You know what I mean. And it's become a bit of a bit of a a bit of a legendary place in the West End. And that's just we've been consistent in what we've done. Luck has been on my side. But one one major thing about Bentley's when I bought it, there was a generator on the roof which I removed. And I thought to myself, what would you need a generator on the roof for? Now I understand (laughs) why they had a generator on the roof for the Great Crisis in the the 1973, four and five of the fuel. They had a generator and the power cuts. They had a generator to keep the restaurant open. And you know something? It mightn't be a bad idea to stick a generator back up on the roof in Bentley's. You know what I mean? To keep right. the doors open if yeah. things are going the way they are. Now, in 2014, Richard, you bought your dream 150-acre estate, the Virginia Park Lodge. That's in Cavan, I think. Um, it's in Virginia, Virginia County Cavan, just over the border from me. Yeah. How, how much time do you spend here and what do you make of us when you come back to Ireland? Because it's you, I'm going to be brutally honest, right? Yeah, please. When you're outside of, Ar- when you're outside of Ireland for a long time, it's interesting. You have your own opinions. You become amplified Irish in many ways. You know what I mean? Yes, you do. I do, yeah. You just, don't why. You just do. And, uh, of course, I love Kiltory and I love everything. I love everything Irish. I'll be honest with you. I'd be I'd crawling me hands and knees to, to a session in London. And... You know, when I went back, I bought Virginia Park Lodge 2013. It was a bit of a mad idea, to be honest with you. The world was on its knees. The bank yes. manager, I put money in the bank in, in, in Hanover Square or Parkview Square. I like the Irish it was with. And because, you know, you wouldn't even know the banks might go bust. And I thought it would be a good idea to fucking do something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead of what, uh, you know what I mean, the bank go down with your cash in it, you know? Yeah, so AI, Virginia Park yeah. <laughs> AIB haven't gone bust, but they've shut the doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was tough times. They were after getting, they were after getting a lot of bailouts at the time, and they remained my bank for a number of years after that. Still do. The commercial wise have closed up the UK in the last few months. But you know, I, I bought Virginia Park Lodge, and like any idea, don't, there was no big plan, Eamon. Don't don't get me. There's no big master plan. Right. I like. I, I I you know I was I always liked the idea. My father planted trees, and I always wanted to plant a few trees. I'll be yes. honest with you. And then you plant the trees, and you want to say, "Geez, you better make this place pay for itself." And then you realise the dump it needs to be rebuilt. And then you borrow you borrow a load of money and you put it into it, and then you work your arse off. And every every Friday night, last flight out of London, or early first flight yes. on Saturday morning, I was in Virginia, and even with a broken hip. I was nearly carried on that plane and carried off, and I often got in a cab crying to Heathrow with the pain in my back. Yes. The fact of the matter is, you know, I had a, I had a niche. Yes. I had a niche, I'll be honest with you, and I wanted, I wanted to scratch it. And Virginia, I wanted to do something. I wanted to plant vegetables. I wanted to see was it possible to be black bag uh, free. I wanted to compost everything, hot compost right. operations. 
I wanted to see what's it like running these places. And then you realize, to be honest with you, you're, and now this is, listen, I love everyone in Virginia. We get on pretty bloody well these days. But, you know, I was a mad chef who bought the place. I mean, yeah. God help the locals, to be honest with you. Jesus, I was, I was completely bananas. And I was on a mission, to be honest with you. I'd be out at nine o'clock at night with machines and I learned to drive everything. And we were making gardens, building gardens, planting gardens. And then we were doing up the house and, and then trying to get, you know, our mainstay of our business there is private stuff like weddings is very important. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very it's desirable a wedding. wedding venue. If I get married again, Richard, I'm going to get married in Virginia Park Lodge. Well, you, you really should because the grub is great and that's why people come. But the fact <laughs> of the matter highly, is... <laughs> it's highly unlikely because I'm <laughs> 77 now. <laughs> but you might want to celebrate again, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I might, we, we might renew our vows. Yeah, I didn't renew your vows. Even better, you know, I give you a discount. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, you know, everyone talks about it being a success, but it's taken me nine years, Eamon, to Of course. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I know. And, 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 and countless millions borrowed, stole, robbed from the restaurants in London to make Virginia work. So, you know, now Virginia stands, stands alone, stands proud, I'll be honest with you. That's I wonderful achievement. Yes. The pillars. Yeah, I do feel, I, I go up that avenue, and I have to say, I go up that avenue, I'm as proud as punch, and I love going to the locals. I love having a pint. I love having a crack. And you know, when it's taken nine years for everyone to understand each other, I'll be honest with you. Yes. And you know something? My first six months, I have to say, I went back to London and I said to somebody, yes, you need a fucking medal to run that place over there. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, you know, it was just different, you know? Yes. It, tomorrow means tomorrow. In London, everything is done now. So, you know, it calms you down. You see it different thing. As a matter of fact, I've seen more early mornings and, and birdsong yes. and swans and lakes and wildlife than I've seen probably in the last 35 years. So it's been a great thing mentally for my head. Let me ask you about the Park Cafe. It's going to be in Shelburne Road. It's going to open in late October. This seems to be a difficult time to begin a project like that. I love difficult times. I've opened, I've opened Corrigan's Mayfair in 2008 as the world crashed. Yeah. And I sat there like a quivering lump of jelly asking my best customer, should I charge for the food? Well, <laughs> 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 so please, Eamon, honest to God, there's a great time. Recessions and depressions, it means when there's every other asshole in the world not looking for your sight. Yes. It means I love, I love, I love when things go a little bit south. I love when property prices drop. I love to hear housing prices crash by 15%. It's good for everyone. This, this idea of everything going up the whole time is a lot of nonsense, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking to kind of have a local a bar upstairs. Right. I'm looking to where people can feel they can walk in three times a week and go, Jesus, I'm going to have my usual. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to recognize that guy in the door and hopefully that's on. Hopefully he's a nice porchetta sucking pig that's roasted for dinner tonight and I'll have a slice of that <laughs> and a lovely sal salad, little Japanese salad from the polytunnel. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm putting the effort into growing it and kind of farming it. And I'm hopefully we can translate that. Hopefully we can translate all your enthusiasm from the farm in Virginia onto the place. But right. that requires a lot of people, you know, the gardeners and the chefs and everyone working together. And most, one of the most important things I think was getting Ronan on board. I'll be honest yeah, with you. Ronan, because yeah, I like, I've always, I've always loved Ronan. I've always bloody loved him. Jesus, he knows every, every, every bit of news from everyone in Dublin. 
if you want to know anything, you talk to Ronan. He knows everyone's uh, names, face, and number. For people who don't know him, he used to be the maitre d' in Town Bar and Grill, which is a, a really wonderful restaurant that he was that he made really as you say he he knows everybody he has high standards and he's a good guy ronan is the last of the the, i i I, there's 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 these legendary front of house people that's always been in hospitality yeah and ronan i would class as one of them yes he is just has that stature yes he is he is he is, uh, you know, Janazir. He is the soldier of the door, the front door, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's there. He's not hiding in the back, having a quick cigarette and a glass of wine <laughs> with someone that's really important, you know? Yeah. You will get a late glass of wine. You will get a late table. Yes. Really important to have a person like that in a restaurant. Absolutely, it's what makes a restaurant. Chefs help to make the restaurant. But it's the front of house that makes the restaurant. Of course, and it, that makes the customer feel that they're welcome, they're valuable, and that whatever requirements they have will be met on that particular evening. Absolutely. And that's what makes a restaurant, a eatery, a kind of bohemian effect. You know, it's hard, but you know, I'd like, to, I'd like, I, my position would be like a bohemian kind of eatery where people feel, you know, God, that, that was good. That was good. That was good. I Jeez, I'd go back there. Would you go back? Yes. Yes. That's what I'd like, you know. Okay, Richard, it's been an absolute pleasure talking. Do you want to ask you a final question? As somebody who travels between Ireland and England and has business interests in both and has been successful in both uh, places, it, it seems to me that Ireland is a much more peaceful, uh, calm and decent country now than it's probably ever been. And as we said earlier, it seems Britain has gone in another direction. It's harsh, it's cruel, and it's violent also. That's my feeling. Would you agree with that? There's, there's, a, certain, there's a certain truth in what you're saying. Ireland, Ireland, of course, you know, between... I mean, Ireland, from, you know, probably the late late 80s, you know what I mean, after the mess of the 70s or yes. 80s, uh, Ireland, something fundamental changed, you know what I mean, really. I mean, I mean, let's be honest with you, I've always been very left-minded, but I'm very aware of what capital can do to society. Yes. And capital can enrich not just the bankers, but it can enrich everyone around them as well. And, uh, you know, from the cafes to the restaurants, to people, to wages, to bonuses. So... Is Ireland, Ireland, Ireland started to get paid. The people in Ireland started getting educated and paid for their education. Yes. And people stopped leaving. And when you stop people leaving your country, your people are the wealth of your country and yes. people stop leaving. And they might have left for a few years and whatever. But overall, since, you know, hopefully we don't have this mass immigration ever again in my lifetime, but every decade and a half yes. it seems to happen. Yes. And Ireland seems to have kind of caught the bug of, you know what I mean, the, a worldwide kind of techie, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, it, it, it has helped the country greatly. And people, people are enriched. It's a, it's a wonderful country to be around. Ireland has grown up and we're coming to terms with the terrible things that has happened in the country, you know what yes. I mean? We're, we're, I'm, I have the last connection, really, to 1922 with my grandfather. My kids won't have that connection. Yes. But, you know, I mean, it, it, 
it, it maybe it's a psychological kind of fucking uh, hold you back scenario, but all our kids will have a different view, a more positive view. Yes. And always thinking back to church, church space and Michael Collins and daddy, daddy, da, murder, mayhem and revolution, you know. Maybe it's time we start thinking, you know what I mean, a little eco cottage, you know what I mean, with with a wind turbine and a solar panel and an electric car and having three holidays a year and having educating ourselves to in another degree. You know, maybe maybe Ireland is now the new Denmark. You know, maybe yep. maybe and hopefully we are the new Denmark. And Britain Britain, I mean I mean this this place has has given everyone jobs for, for a century. Yes. You know what I mean? And everyone me. said the lowest meaning. Yes, they dug the canals and digging ditches and everything and played football and miserable wages and da and digs and everything. But London has, has always and Britain has always served for a great kind of uh, exit yes. for an awful lot of uh, uh, the Irish when we had nothing else. So, you know, I hope, I hope and I'm positive about Britain that it finds itself again. It finds its, it finds its human soul, its compassion, yes. it, and its greatness in some aspects. You know what yes. I mean? Because they are capable, because of the wealth of the country, are doing great things. And let's, they need to start playing a part in Europe, not, you know, this, this fortified island mentality with a bunch of right wing yep. monkeys who couldn't give a shit about anybody <laughs> running the place. So really, it needs its, it needs its new Cromwell. Yeah. It needs, it needs its new Cromwell. And then, and hopefully that person will come. And there's no question that person will come. Okay, Richard. It's a great pleasure uh, to talk to you. Your new restaurant is the Park Cafe, opening in late October in she on Shelburne Road. And uh, like everything else uh, you've done, we know it will be successful. And we're very grateful to you for joining us on the stand. Thanks to Richard. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80 less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.